0: Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host Morgan Shepard, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about strength at any age and ability. And I'm excited to announce that I have a special guest today, Jen Cavallaro. Welcome, Jen. Please tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your story? My story?
1: uh, Whenever people ask me this, I always feel like I'm going to go way back, right? (laughs) Like Sophia in The Golden Girls when she's like, picture it. Right? Yeah. Picture it 1973. Totally. New Haven, Connecticut. I won't go that far back. So, my story with regards to my fitness story, my journey, is uh, that I I hired a trainer back in 2007 because I had just moved from New York all the way to Oregon and was just, I was about 34 back then. And um, don't do the math. And then. So I, you know, I just felt like I, it was a lot, you know, the whole just moving 3000 miles away from my family and my friends and okay. it was tough and I, I definitely put on some, some weight and was kind of just doing random workouts from like a magazine and, you know, I tried Pilates and finally a friend I was working with was like, why don't you go see this trainer? And so I did, and I started working with him. Shout out to Tony Lilac in Oregon. He was great. I mean, he he taught me a lot, just how to lift properly, how to you know I was just pushed to lift more than I would have on my own, and that was huge for me because I you know it was it's what I see now with my clients where they're very afraid to pick up the heavier weights, and I was I mean I, I mean he really had to be like you can do this, mm-hmm. you can do, and I was like oh. I don't know. So anyway, fast forward, I was looking to leave the job I was in currently. And I was talking to him. I was like, you know, this, I feel like, you know, I was always into fitness. You know, I always had a gym membership. Same. I was more of like a donor <laughs> yeah. to the gyms, but you know, throughout my living in Boston and New York and now Oregon, I, you know, I, I had just always had a membership. So we started talking and I said, you know, what do you, you know, this, I feel like this is something I would like to get into and this is after like maybe a year of working with him it wasn't right away and I, I expressed concern about being too old you know at the time which I'm like now I'm like oh, old yeah uh huh. <laughs> but you know I was like 34 35 at that point and I was like am I too old and he you know he I do remember his exact words were do you think a 50 year old woman and now me being almost 50 is like <gasps> this is funny would want to work with like a 20 year old trainer. Yeah. You know, whether it's male, female, it doesn't matter. But like, yep. and I was like, well, you have a point because yeah, like they don't understand what a 50 year old woman is dealing with. And so, yes, I wasn't 50 at the time, but he's like, no, you're not too old. You know, I was just concerned. I was, you know, I had never been like an athlete. I tried soccer and you know, I was an equestrian, but I don't know if that's really considered athlete, but... Um,
0: oh, yeah, that's a sport. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess. But I was never... You know, you see a lot of these trainers who were former athletes. And anyway, he reassured me that it was not too old. It didn't matter that I wasn't an athlete. And so sort of like the rest is history. I, you know, I ended up getting my certification as a personal trainer and then went on to get many additional certifications. And As one does. As one does. <laughs> Yes. And yeah, and here I am. So it's been a, it's been a journey though. I've gone from training in person, one-on-one in in Colorado. So I did move from Oregon to Colorado and now I'm in Florida where I'm doing virtual training. So that I had to just completely turn my business around during COVID and it was great, honestly. Like not, you know, not the whole pandemic, but I mean. Obviously. Yes, obviously. Obviously. But I did, I mean, I had to, once I like got my mind around, like, shutting my gym down in Colorado, which was in my house, but, you know, I had a lot of clients coming there, and... I had to be like, nope, and shut it down. And I mean, not everyone followed me on onto the old Zoom, but a lot did. And a lot followed me from Colorado. What does
0: that look like as far as like working with clients who have specific challenges? Like physically, maybe they're a little, they have injuries or they have certain restraints as far as movement. How do you work through that on Zoom? Yeah, I mean,
1: that was definitely my concern going into that. Yes, it's not 100% the same as being in person, With them, but I've worked around a lot of injuries with, you know, I've had clients with throughout this whole last two years with one of them broke her wrist. I've had an ankle sprain, you know, wearing the whole thing on the ankle. And I mean, I just throughout all these years of training have learned modifications. For people, And granted, there are times that people just had to take time off. But we've worked around these injuries. Wrist injuries too. Like I have people, you know, if they can't get on their wrists, like to do a push-up. You know, there's other... They can either elevate... This is just an example. Elevate onto a, you know, a table or a bench and try to do them that way. Or even just switching it around. And if it's a chest... You know, because a push-up is a chest exercise, yep. we would do something on the floor. Like a, a chest press instead. Like with the dumbbells, right? There's always... I mean for the most part there's always a workaround and as far as form that you know i can it's pretty it works out well i can you know check people's form like if someone's doing a a deadlift where they're like a romanian deadlift where you're hinging over and their back is sort of rounded i mean it's very easy for me to see and be like and give them a cue to correct it don't do that you know i can't obviously i can't like do the tactile hand on the back yeah right cueing but i mean it's the same as like i worked with a
0: coach and i would send videos to them and be like hey how's my form and they would yep you know Mm -hmm. look at it that way
1: exactly yeah a lot of coaches they have you record yourself and then they they go over it with you which i think is great tip um so i mean it it works nice you can make it work and we're not doing it's not like we're doing like you know barbell work necessarily like in my classes like it's dumbbells and i mean i think some of those you know if it was like a crossfit class on zoom i think might be challenging
0: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about, like, the older people get, the more, I feel, the more important strength training is. And I know a lot of older, well, specifically my mother. (laughs) She is afraid of lifting heavy because she might injure herself. She doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you approach that?
1: Right. I hear this a lot. The thing is, when people like me talk about lifting heavy, what they get in their head is like, you know, hoisting like a big barbell over their head. And like, that's not, I mean, heavy is is relative, right? what's heavy for me is probably going to be ridiculous for your mother, right? Sure. So you want to, obviously you want to, I don't know where she's at or if she has started lifting weights, but you, you know, you hand her like a pair of fives and start there, right? You, everyone's, I mean, I started out doing, like, I can remember doing like Bulgarian split squats, you know, the, the split squat with your leg on the back yep. of the bench with like eight pounds in each hand and could barely do it. So, I mean, back then that was heavy for me. So you start small and you work up. And I mean, even if you work up to like tens from fives, I mean, that's still, it might not sound a lot progress, like a lot to a lot of people, but that's progress. Exactly. So it's heavy for you, right? It, it doesn't have to be intimidating. I don't know how old your mom is, but yeah, my mom is one of my clients and she's, she just turned 74. So, you know, and she, you know, I've heard the same from her. Like she doesn't, you know, I'm too old to lift that much and no. I mean, those are just self limiting beliefs, right? That we can quiet.
0: Definitely have a lot of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, again, you're not, you're never too, you're never too old for this. So I advocate it
0: for any age. One of the things that I wanted to ask you was, you mentioned the whole, and I did this too. I took the magazines and I clipped out all of the workouts from the magazines and I made a little binder and I would flip through it. Mm -hmm. And that was my like workout plan. But there was no like progression. There was no structure. It was just me flipping through some magazines. I know. And you. Know that that does not work long term. Oh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about like how you structure a workout plan or like a progressive plan.
1: Okay. Yes. Like jumping around from like that workout to this workout and just, you know, hoping something will stick is just not a plan, right? You need to have, I mean, that's the biggest, that's like the number one step in this journey is to, is to have a plan, right? And, and to stick with it, of course. But I would say the way I structure a, plan for somebody is to, like, if you're working with me, so I do still take um, clients one-on-one over Zoom as well. So private sessions. So I would, I structure it, what is called progressive overload. Right. So you, you stick with like one program, one, like say set of exercises, right. For anywhere from like four to even eight weeks. Some people might think, oh, that's too long and they're going to get bored. But no, I mean, what you do is you take, say, call it like six exercises. Right. And of all the, the movement patterns, So that's what you have to take into account. You know, your knee-dominant movement pattern, like a squat, your hip-dominant movement pattern, like a a bridge, like a glute bridge on the floor, pushing, like overhead or push-ups, pulling, rows, right? And then core work. And you incorporate, like, every one of those into a workout. And the same exercises, like I said. And then as we go through the weeks... What You do is you know, you, you can tweak a few things here and there, but basically, you stay with those core exercises and you just increase weight as you can. You can pretty much stay in the same rep range, which is you know, the amount that your amount of times you're lifting, right? For those that don't know what the, the reps are, <laughs> so like, say, you know, you start out at like a, a 10 pound row and then the next week you can move up to 12 and then the following week you can move up to 15 like that kind of thing right so that's what I mean by progressive overload yeah so you're always you're constantly challenging yourself right so that I mean not you know you don't have to constantly be trying to like beat your last (laughs) weights from the last time but it's just it's just progressing honestly so you're not lifting the same weight for four weeks or six weeks
0: now i know you do some group training tell me a little bit about that how do you work with those clients Mm
1: -hmm. right so the groups is again that is all that's still strength training we're not you know just jumping around and doing (laughs) like a bunch of, of cardio that is that is strength training it's um it it is formatted a little differently than it would be with a private client, but basically what we're doing is strength training. It tends to be um, a little different, like different workouts every time, but still incorporating like what I just said. So the knee dominant, the hip dominant, the pushes, the pulls, all of that, and core work. And then you know there is some cardio added in. So and I'm constantly encouraging them to push themselves too with the weights. Because it's easy, it's to get, you know, be in a group class like that, it's easy to kind of just go through the motions, and keep lifting, you know, your five pound weights, which I've had people do. And I've had to, like, sort of have a conversation there, and say, look, you've been lifting this, you know, the same weights for six, seven, eight months. And this is where group fitness gets, you know, this is where you have to kind of keep track of these guys, (laughs) and push them. Because like I said, it is easy to get kind of lost in, in the mix a little. And my classes aren't aren't large I keep them to six or less so I can track yeah so I can track everyone and I know what everyone's lifting like I even know when they pick up a weight what weight it is and I will call them out if I think that they can be lifting heavier and they just like gonna slink back over to their weight rack and like Pick up the heavier weights. Because I know that they can, like I said, I'm not going to let them just get like fading into the shadows and like not pushing themselves. I love that. Yeah, it's easy to do during a class like that.
0: Like when I go to the gym by myself and I pick up the weights and even though I'm following a plan, there's times where it's like, okay, do it three from failure. But my brain is like, oh, this is failure. Okay, we'll stop. We'll, We'll stop here. But if I had somebody like you who's like, no, I see you. I know
1: what you're doing. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not always I'm not afraid to call you out. So because that's how it is. I mean when I was working out on my own, I I was totally like bailing on myself, right? It was it's so easy to be like, Oh, that's enough. Or you get a number in your head, like ten. I gotta do ten reps. But really like you could do maybe twelve, right? But you stop at ten because you have that number in your head.
0: Yeah, or because you've already written it down and said that this is what I'm going to do.
1: So this is what we're doing. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, it, it does. It becomes like a, a mind shift in a way. So
0: I kind of call those micro quits. <laughs> I like that. In like the way that you've already quit before you even try, you know, like you don't even give yourself the opportunity to try something slightly more. I feel like I do that a lot in the gym.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, that was me. I mean, I just, I, I would go to the gym in New York after work and I don't even, I literally don't even remember what I was doing. Like I would get on the elliptical. Yeah. And just be like, well, that was good. And I thought it, and I thought that being on the elliptical was like strength training because... You're using your arms, right? And your legs. And I'm like, well, well, that's a full body workout. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with the elliptical, but it's like, <laughs> that's not the same. And then I would go straight to the bar. So yeah. Great combo. Yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> so what do you think are the biggest benefits of strength training?
1: The benefits of strength training? I mean, beyond aesthetics, of course, which, you know, are, I'm not downplaying aesthetics. Yeah. But for women, like if we're speaking of women of a certain age, like mine, <laughs> I mean, this goes for everybody. But I I work with the 40 plus crowd for the most part. So that's my demographic. But, you know, it's just, it's getting your, you know, for bone density, let's say. I mean, you're losing muscle mass. I forget that, you know, the percentages, but it's a lot.
0: It's like, I want to say 30%.
1: Well, like with every passing year or decade, even like you're, yes. Starting at like, what, 35? Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. Great. You know, you're losing muscle mass, bone density, so, I mean, any weight-bearing exercise, and that's not just lifting weights, but even, you know, you know, obviously walking, running, that sort of thing, hiking, of course, you know, it's great. I mean, any of that is weight-bearing, and you're going to improve your bone density, you're going to improve your metabolism, and as, you know, you get into, like, perimenopause, your menopausal years, basically, it's your hormones, it's going to improve, it's just, there's so many different benefits to, to lifting weights. And beyond all of that, you know, the physical, it's just this feeling that like I discovered when I started lifting weights, which was this, it just puts, I don't hate to, I feel like I say this often and it feels cliche, but just that the confidence it gives you in other areas of your life. When I started, I was kind of going through this phase of where I felt like disempowered, I guess, in a way, you know, so I felt just very not in my power. And once I, you know, I started lifting weights, I felt that I felt it increase that self-efficacy that kind of just carries over into other areas of your life. Right. So I think that that mental part of it is huge too. But I mean, yeah, just putting more muscle on your body. And I mean, it's, it's very difficult to do. People make it sound like it's easy and are afraid, you know, the whole bulky, like I'm going to get big and bulky. And it's so it's, I mean, it's very, it's hard for men to do you know, with all their testosterone. So, I mean, for women, it can be, and, and it depends on your genetics, of course, plays a role, whether you're going to build faster or not, right? But it's it's challenging. I mean, it takes years. The shit takes years, right? Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I
0: I was only doing it for a little bit, and I built a bunch of muscle, and then I had to take some time off, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to lose everything. <laughs> all my six months of work. <laughs> And you didn't, did you? No, I didn't. I mean, it's not as there, but it's still there.
1: It is there. Having more muscle on your frame, it just, it helps you burn more calories. I mean, you're going to burn more calories even at rest. You probably have heard this, right? So if that's your goal is to be changing your physique, then strength training is the best thing you can do. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like shitting on cardio by any means, right? I'm not, <laughs> So, but it's fine. But, but we can
0: shit on obsessive cardio though. Yes. Because if you do it too much and you do it in crazy amounts, then it's not that healthy.
1: No. No and I mean you're catabolizing your muscle, which basically just means you're breaking it down. So you're not building muscle at that point. And I'm not saying like you know, I know plenty of people who run and it's and it's great and you can run and lift. You can do both but you have to make sure that you're, you know, if you're just running, you have to get that strength training in because running is such a repetitive exercise too. It's just, imagine it's just like thousands and thousands of reps in the same direction or the same. I mean, it's it's basically if I did like a thousand bicep curls, right, if you think of it that way. And you, you mean your, your risk of injuring and getting like muscle imbalances is huge. So you need to offset it with some strength training and build the muscle back so you can run more. I mean, if you're constantly breaking it down, I mean, you you know what's going to happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. I see that a lot with a lot of the triathletes that I connect with because I'm a triathlete mm-hmm. and I do the crazy obsessive cardio, but it, for the longest time, I wasn't balancing it with weight training and with strength training. And I would just get skinnier and skinnier and I'd had Mm -hmm. no muscle. And it was like, where's my body going? (laughs) Learning to bring that into my life helped like balance out everything. And now I'm like a better athlete because
1: of that, which yay. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, I like hearing that. You get it. I do. I mean, because people are afraid, like, if they start lifting, they won't be able to run, you know, as fast or as long. And, and there's a way to incorporate it.
0: Yeah. And that, like, that feeling will take time. Like, yes, you might slow down and you might feel heavier if you have more weight. But, like, you also
1: adapt. Exactly. hmm And it's going to, yeah, you're not going to go say gain a whole lot. Just, I mean, even, like I said, it takes a long time to gain a lot of muscle. So just doing it a couple times a week, too, is perfect. So I know for me, when I work with
0: clients, I often encounter a lot of people set these really big goals of, oh, I'm going to work out five times a week or six times a week. And and then they try and do it and they try and be perfect for like the first couple weeks and they do okay, but then they sort of like fall off the wagon because they have set a goal that's way too
1: high for them. Does that sound like people? <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm constantly talking about this and how, you know, just making, (laughs) making it doable for yourself. Like you're not going to go from zero to five days a week of lifting, right? You need to like, seriously, like when I, when I used to, like when I was seeing people in person in Colorado, like we would set goals and it was like, what are you a hundred percent certain that you can do? (laughs) Like, what are you a 10 out of 10 with, right? So, you know, thinking of it in terms of smaller goals. And if you're at a zero, or even if you're like doing like once a week, you know, bumping it to twice a week, not five times, but twice a week. And then just like really, you know, you know, scheduling it into your day, scheduling it in your calendar and not canceling on yourself is huge put it in your calendar like you would anything else you know your your kid's game or whatever it is a doctor's appointment right and figure out what time of the day works for you because not everybody is a morning person no not everyone's going to get up at 5 a.m and and work out right and that's fine i'm not necessarily a morning person yeah but you know so it's just it's a matter of like the consistency is huge right we've all heard this being consistent not perfect I I posted a little, actually I wrote about it to my mailing list the other day about, you know, all or nothing becomes nothing. So think of it like something or nothing. Yeah. It was that day or the day before that I was like struggling with like PMS (laughs) and I was like, I can't, like my body was just like, I mean, I, what I could normally do is a pull-up and it was an assisted pull-up, but I I normally could bang out like 10 of them. I could barely get five in. And I was like, well, And no, am I going to just like throw in the towel and like quit? No, I'm just going to do what I can that day, right? And not like beat myself up for it and say like, oh, you're a failure and oh, you're a wimp. We all are going to have these kind of days where we can't, you know, where it's just not a hundred percent where you feel like crap and. You know, maybe you do nothing. Maybe you just walk. Maybe you, you know, and you just do something. It's just it's staying consistent because that is huge for your goals and your and your and your mindset too. Just staying consistent, no matter even if it's like ten minutes, it's better than none.
0: I have this motto that I'm sort of living my life by these days, mm-hmm. especially because I'm building this business. But it's basically half-ass my way through life <laughs> because I am a perfectionist. Right. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist, so I'm always trying to do things perfectly. And then I just come up against this overwhelm of like, well, if it can't be the way that I need it to be, then I I can't do it at all. Oh, yeah. And so... You know, as far as like building the business and getting things out and like producing content rather than focusing on like doing everything perfect, because that would take me fucking forever. Just do it. Just get something out there. Just like Mm -hmm. share whatever your stupid story is or like, you know, whatever. But do something rather than like putting it on a pedestal, which is really hard for me.
1: no oh, I totally I totally get it for my business too just if it can't be like this perfect yeah this perfect post like you said or, or email out to the mailing list like just get it I mean because the thing is like the people that are, are reading it <laughs> they don't know right they don't know what they're missing like if you've left something out they don't know that that's what I- <laughs> Try to tell myself too, is like, and I mean, I used to, I used to be that way with the gym too. Like I'd be like, well, if I don't have two hours, I mean, two hours, imagine plus it was, it would go beyond that. Like it was sometimes two and a half, three hours at the gym. I mean, that's insane. That sounds insane to me now, but it's like, if I didn't have that, then oh, I couldn't get my whole workout in plus all the cardio after and yeah, might as well not go. I mean, come on. That's crazy thing.
0: Crazy talk. I remember doing that of like looking at the workout and being like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get all of this done.
1: Ah, yeah. I'll
0: do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And like, no, if I, I could have done part of it.
1: Instead of just, instead of just doing what you could. Yeah. Or yeah, cut out the amount of sets, cut out a few exercises and just do something because it keeps you, it keeps you on that, on that track, right? It keeps that train rolling. And instead of derailing yourself right? Yeah. It's easy to quit. It's very easy to quit. It's much harder to just keep going.
0: Do you ever feel like, do you ever have clients who just don't show up?
1: Yes, but not really. Honestly, my clients are very, (laughs) they, they communicate well. They will tell me if they're not going to make it. And I think that's a product of it being a small, you know, keeping the group small because that's good. You know, it's almost like I've had, I've had clients like, Oh, apologize to so-and-so that I'm not going to be there.
0: I love that.
1: They really do show up for each other, too. I know. I know. It's amazing. And they show up for each other. Like, because if they know, like, oh, like, this person's out, and I I was gonna be just, it was just gonna be two of us in the class. Like, tell so-and-so that I'm really sorry. I can't make it. And I was like, oh, (laughs) that's really sweet. But they do tell me. Like, I just had someone text me, like, right before we started here, and say, like, oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm not gonna be on later. So, no. They don't, like, just ghost me. I mean, occasionally, if they, like, overslept for their 6 a.m. class, they might text me after the class but they'll always for the most part be like oh sorry I didn't make it so yeah the accountability is there
0: nice it sounds like you've built this little community of people who are like supporting each other I love that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I know I love it I love it because I didn't have that and you know in Colorado you know I liked working one-on-one or semi-private with people but it just wasn't I don't know was different and I didn't you know it's so funny because I didn't think I would like this this virtual life (laughs) I really didn't I was so resistant to it I was you know back in April of 2020 I was so resistant to it I was very much like I don't even know how to use that. What is Zoom? I mean, I can remember back like a client being like, oh, like I'm moving. This is like 2016. So well before (laughs) COVID. And she's like, I'm moving away. And do you think I can keep working with you through Skype? And I went like, I just kind of froze like Skype. (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know how to do that. And now it's like, it's just my life. It's crazy. That's awesome. Tech, I was like, technology? What? No. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. Like, how do I do that? What do I, what do I put it right up with the computer? What do I, super like having a panic attack.
0: No, I get it though. I mean, my business is all online, but it took me a long time to get comfortable with doing Zooms and like, okay, we're doing this thing and like, you're, you're a real person and I'm talking to you, but like, also this is digital and I can't pick my
1: nose because you'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you just do this for a second it was funny the first few sessions we had uh with people that couldn't even obtain weights because you couldn't find weights back then and people were using wine bottles and like literally rocks from their yard i've done water jugs. it's <laughs> so funny yep my mother was using a bottle of sand because she was in florida for a little while and filled a bottle with sand hey i mean you know what make it work i've done like Put stuff in a backpack and like use that you know mm-hmm. i had a client fill a backpack full of um potatoes <laughs> that's great make it work i was pretty impressed with
0: that what are some of the things that you feel like people struggle with when it comes to their health and fitness and
1: and getting involved in strength there's so many like <laughs> there's a lot of resistance there right a lot of people we wait for the right time first of all they write for the right time the perfect plan Right. Instead of just taking, you know, a small action, whatever it is you know, walking 10 minutes, something, a small action just will be no action at all every day. So you just start, you start with where you, you know, start now with what you have and you adjust later, right? So whatever it is, something very small, like I said, and then it doesn't have to be perfect. So if you're waiting, I mean, if you're waiting for the right time, you're, you're it's just never, it's not going to happen. There's no such thing as less busy, like I said, right? Yeah, for sure. You're always going to be busy. So, and especially as we get into the holidays now too, that's a big piece of advice. from me um and also i think like just yeah it's that all or nothing thinking a lot of people don't start because it's like they're they're also just they're kind of frozen too like they don't know what to do so they do nothing right i think the comparison trap is is huge comparing ourselves to other people and where they are and thinking like i'll never get to that level, so why bother? I just see that a lot.
0: Yeah, especially with
1: social media. Oh yeah, of course. I mean we do it probably with people with other businesses and seeing how far ahead they are. And I mean you're always gonna want to give up if you feel like you're you're behind all the time. You have to celebrate your own your own wins. That's huge. As little as they are, I always you know I'm always trying to celebrate my clients wins and even my own right <laughs> which is hard for me because I'm always like well that wasn't good enough and there's more but I do think also like not planning as far as getting you know getting into this fitness game not just not having a plan a plan is huge and sticking with it again putting in the calendar I also see and this tends to apply to just women but just taking on so much you know whether it's I, I don't have kids so I can't feel like sometimes I can't speak to this because I do see a lot of my clients and it's not just their kids it's their grandkids too sometimes where they're they're just taking on so much that they put themselves they definitely aren't putting themselves first and I think a lot of it is about asking for help and, like, this, like, so-called invisible labor that goes on in the households. And it's not just, you know, it's not always women taking it on, but very often it is. And I don't know, if have you heard of this term, invisible labor? So where things are just sort of, you're just doing things because you, you've always done them. Like, whether it's, you're dealing with all the kids' stuff, too, like making the appointments and you know, arranging for this thing and that thing. And then even just something as simple as like unloading the dishwasher and changing sheets and... Doing the laundry. Doing the laundry and like stuff that just like where your you know, your spouse, your partner might just be like, they just, it just gets done and they don't even, there's no thought.
0: They have no idea. They're like, how did that happen? I did it.
1: (laughs) But they, they don't even think that. It just happens because you're doing it. And you're not asking for the help that you need or you're outsourcing if you if you have the ability to outsource things like getting your you know house cleaned or ordering those meal delivery services and stuff like that, you know?
0: I think a lot of times we're afraid to ask. For me, I might do all the cleaning and if I never get around to asking, then, like, I don't know, like, we, we have this fear of asking
1: because, like, we're supposed to do it all, but, like, really, we're not? Yeah, but... We need to get out of that mindset, right? I mean, that yeah, that whole societal thing. <laughs> that's a that's a whole conversation for another podcast, but... That's old school. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, and, and it also I think it comes down, like, I know as far like as, like, with me, like, I just do things. Like, I'm just a taskmaster at, yeah. at heart, <laughs> and so I just get things done. And it's easier, it, for me, it's, like, easier to do it than ask, you know, my husband to do it. Because then you have to show them how to do it. Well right but then it's I know and then they'll do it badly so they never have to do it again I guess but depending on what it is
0: Uh uh-huh and I'm a perfectionist so I'm like but you did it wrong so now I have to do it again
1: oh no yeah he would never like clean as well as I could never I mean it's just not gonna happen not possible but then it's like you also like are hopeful that with that lack of communication that that they may actually just do something like be proactive and do something, and like that's never, you know, without communication, like that shit's never gonna happen. That is not gonna happen. It's a dream. It's not. It's a dream. Got to communicate. You have to, and because you get resentful, and then it, you know, it spirals into this whole other conversation about, you know, divorce. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know. You know, I think that's huge for a lot of my, I mean, I work with women and that's what I see. Like my mom, she has a
0: million, like she's retired. Okay. But she has a million different things that she has signed up for. She's a board member for this. She does this. She works on this. She's trying to write two novels. She's also doing this over here. And she's trying to like be healthy and fix her heart issues. Like, wow, damn, she's juggling a million different things. And I just sometimes am like, how could we, could we? Take a few things off the plate. And maybe prioritize the things that are important. Wow. But also, she's my mom.
1: I'm not my child, so <laughs> As we get older we recognize like some things that might need shifting. That's a lot. Wow. It's good for her. But that makes me tired thinking about her a little bit yeah it's prioritizing absolutely it's it's making it a
0: priority i stalked your your web and you said something about giving strength back to women giving them their energy and badassery is <laughs> that a word And longevity. And I got into strength mostly because I wanted to make sure that I was protecting my body for the future so that I could do things in the future, make the most of my life. And I guess I'm curious to know, like, at what point did you realize that strength was going to help you? live the life that you wanted
1: to live. I mean, it took, it took a while, honestly. Like I, I know I said that I started working with a coach back in, um, 07, but I don't think I really got it honestly until I think, I mean, I think when I started working for myself, which was around 2014, 2014. Yeah. So like eight, well, eight years ago, I started to get it and really understand strength training like in what it means i don't think i fully understood it like what it could do for you and you know like yeah okay you pick up some weights and put them down but i started to see the changes in my body and how i felt energy wise too that really just brought it home for me and i felt just strong like i was talking about the mental effects too i felt strong just in my mind and because and, I, I i did have like this you know imposter syndrome for a while when I started training people like who am I like I look back to my first clients that I had back at like 24 hour fitness and I'm like oh poor them (laughs) like those sad sad people had to train with with me like literally had no I really was just like winging it honestly because I didn't get it you know I I mean I was I was doing my like I was still lifting weights myself and the whole nutrition piece came together for me i used to drink a lot and realized how much that was like affecting my performance and everything you know my my sleep my god yeah the sleep thing is huge and just you know hormonally i know alcohol that's a whole other subject but it was just realizing what was not serving me right versus what was but again it did take a while for me i feel like
0: when i first moved to california I joined a bunch of clubs, and so like I was part of a run club I was part of a tri club mm. and it's great we go we all go work out together right. but then like then we'll go to dinner and I'll have beer because that's mm-hmm. what you do and it took me a while like I started doing that more regularly and my body was just like not a fan of it right. <laughs> and it wasn't until like years later where I stopped drinking that much that I realize just how little energy I had and how much it was impacting my life and so now like when I do drink I'm like very conscious of like okay what am I gonna do for the next two days after Mm -hmm. that because if I have something on this day I know I'm gonna wake up and be not as happy tired whatever not that great for like at least two days after and I think a lot of times people forget that they have to like think about that and they're like oh it's fine i'll just have
1: yeah like i I talked about that in one of my other posts about like your the future you you have to think about like what would what does future me want like what do i want to feel like in the i wrote about it with regarding to wearing a romper
0: i love that post i saw that one it was so great
1: (laughs) (laughs) do i want to spend an inordinate amount of time in the bathroom taking this thing off and having it touch the floor of the bathroom um no And as much as I think they're adorable, some of them, those jumpsuits, I was like, no. But, like, the same comes with (laughs) the same thing with drinking. Like, what, you know, like, how do I want to feel tomorrow? And, I mean, a lot of times we make that decision. And that's fine. You make that decision like, okay, tomorrow's not going to be, like, the best day. I want to have fun tonight. Fine. Own that decision. Right? But, you know, life is a series of, really just a series of decisions, isn't it? Yes. Like, from moment to moment, you're making a decision. What will I eat here? What time do I have to pick up this this kid and what you know what time do I have to drop them off at that practice and what time you know like what time should I start dinner or what time I mean it's just it's constantly making decisions right that's just another one like do I have that second margarita or the third do I really need it <laughs> and yes the answer is yeah no I'm just kidding yeah have that second margarita <laughs> no
0: please don't ideally I think we want to try and like make our decisions from I was gonna make a, a soccer reference here but I'm gonna fuck it up aren't I <laughs> Offense, not defense, right? Because defense is like defending offense. So we want to make offensive. Not offensive. (laughs) Not offensive.
1: Offensive. Proactive. How about that?
0: (laughs) Proactive decisions. Yes, yeah, not reactive. Exactly. I was going to ask you about your nutrition. I know obviously strength training requires that you eat more protein and that obviously if, you're, if you have health goals, that there are certain things that you should be doing. I w- I'm curious what your nutrition is like and do you make any kind of recommendations for clients? My
1: nutrition, yeah, I do focus on protein for sure. And I do recommend that, especially especially women in my age group because I definitely think they're not getting enough. And I'm not, I always said I was somewhat of an aspiring vegan, but not a vegan. I do, you know, I I don't eat meat. So that's, it's hard sometimes, I find, to get that protein as much as, like, I find myself using protein powders, which is fine. So I I do anchor, I I have these anchor actions, right? These, what I call the thriving three daily actions. And it's not just nutrition, but I often will suggest to my clients or you know I've written about it too to just pick so what are three things that you can commit to every day right so what I do is I make sure that I have either the big ass salad or green smoothie some days it's both but I do one of those at least right to just make sure I find that just having that smoothie really helps you get those um check the box yeah, and like, for me, because I'm like, I don't like to think about food. I don't like to think about cooking. I don't like to think about food. I'm very like utilitarian with food. So for me, it's just like getting the nutrients in. I know it sounds like for people that like cooking and it's not that they don't like to eat. I just don't want to think about it. But it makes sense, though. Yes, I want to get those nutrients in. and I don't want to necessarily sit there eating a salad for like, because all that chewing sometimes. Oh, so much. just takes too long. <laughs> So much chewing. Not a fan. hate chewing. Oh. (laughs) No, but like, so that's one of my actions. And then the other one is to get the protein at every meal. So I aim for at least 30 grams at each meal. I mean, I know I try to do the one gram per pound of weight, but I don't always get there. But I do try to make the meals, you know, protein-centered as much as I can. And then, you know, of course, I still eat some carbs. And I, I don't find that carbs do me very well. Like, I don't... I try not to do a lot of, you know, starchy ones. I just feel I'm better off with protein and some fats. I just have found what works for me. And that doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but that's what works for me. And then just water, 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 water. So that's that's two of my three anchor actions every day. The other one is walking. So yeah, I just make sure that I, you know, and it's not that I, you know, I'm not a saint with eating. Like I do eat like some, what most people might not call junk food, but I do eat like those cookies, but they're like those protein (laughs) cookies. I always have one of those. Yep. You know, I eat chocolate every day. It's Lily's, you know, that Lily's chocolate, which I really like. But I don't deprive, I don't really deprive myself. Because I feel like when you lift weights, like, it gives you a little leeway. I'm not saying go, like, balls to the wall and, like, eat whatever the hell you want. But, you know, it gives you, it does give you some leeway in the nutrition department when you have more muscle on your body. Because it's burning. Because you're using it. Mm-hmm. Because muscle loves, eats up that stuff. Yeah. You gotta feed it. It's metabolically active. Yeah, Exactly
0: i'm curious i'm i'm vegan i think we talked about that at one point right i'm curious what so i know you eat like fish you don't eat anything with legs i think is what you said no meat with feet no meat. that's what it was yeah no meat with feet so outside of like seafood what uh what are your main protein sources i'm always curious to ask people that
1: so i do so i eat i do eat eggs still eat eggs yeah there you go i try to get pasture raised. Only because I'm I'm really I'm very big on the animal thing. Like I I always feel hypocritical when I say that, but I am I try to be good. And in, in Colorado, I used to get eggs from a, a woman down the street who had these adorable chickens, and that was I felt like that was okay. Oh, nice. And then I do tempeh. Like I said, I do some seafood. Like I will eat like uh, you know some shrimp and scallops, calamari. I don't love a lot of like big pieces of fish (laughs) like fillets but i do like yeah like shrimp calamari scallops um i do tempeh tofu um i do eat some edamame i will eat greek yogurt but i don't do a lot of dairy yeah and then occasionally i eat some of that like crappy you know processed stuff that they sell like out in the freezer section of uh you know like um Uh uh-huh
0: and you're like i don't know what i'm eating but yeah
1: yeah, you know, like, those, like, meatballs that aren't meat. Because, again, I don't I don't cook, and it's, like, I have to kind of just do what I can. Like, last night, I chopped up a bunch of Brussels sprouts and made, like, a Brussels sprout hash and ate it with, like, a tofu burger and, like, tempeh bacon, which I love this tempeh bacon. What are your thoughts on progress and the scale? Progress is not linear, and it will take longer than you think, and...
0: It takes forever.
1: The scale never, never tells the whole story, and...
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I was working with a coach, I was weighing myself every day. And I'm a very big proponent of I never look at the scale. I don't even know why I have one. Mm -hmm. But when I was working with a coach, I was trying to gain muscle. So like I needed to make Mm. sure that I was eating enough so that we were actually doing that. Like from a very scientific perspective, and I feel like I'm okay with my body and the way it is. So me going on a right. scale wasn't traumatic, but I think for a lot of people it can be.
1: Oh yeah, it's triggering for sure. Yeah, it, I mean it's triggering, and it never tells the full story. Yeah, we get so tied up with it. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm fine with people weighing themselves for for data purposes. If it doesn't cause emotional, if it doesn't ruin your whole day and your mood and, you know, everything like, you know, if you don't have an emotional reaction, like you're saying, like, I'm fine with people using it. But again, you have to remember that it doesn't tell the full story. And there's so many other goals to strive for. Because I know I've had plenty of clients who just, they just spiral when they see that number. Even go up like half a pound, which I mean, you can fluctuate like with five pounds within a day.
0: Yeah, I'll eat, like, lunch, and then I'll be five pounds heavier. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Or you go to the bathroom, and you're five pounds lighter. I mean, that's quite a session, but... (gasps) Yeah. It (laughs) might take a while. (laughs) No, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... Your body's just not going to look the same every day. And people need to understand that. Like, you know, your hormone fluctuations and stress and lack of sleep, and which causes sometimes more eating and which causes re- water retention and
0: bloating. And and that bloating is not you being fat. That is just a fact. That's just
1: what happens. It's not fat. Yeah. That's, that's what people don't get. Like, when you get on the scale and it says that you weigh two pounds more than you did yesterday, that's not fat. People are like, oh, I'm fatter. That's You might have just had a later meal or more sodium or whatever it is in your cycle time. And you got to, like, give yourself a little grace there and stop letting that number dictate everything for you. Agreed.
0: Well, I want to end this with asking, I ask all my guest podcasters, what are the top three things? And you've kind of answered this already, but what are the top three things that you're doing to feed your health?
1: Oh, well, yeah, so my, like I was saying, my th- my thriving three, yeah, that, I mean, I could I could say them again. Well, actually, I would say, well, so I would add, I don't know if it's three then, <laughs> so I lift, I lift weights at least three days a week, usually four, right? I try to walk every day, I focus on the protein in the meals, and then, you know, fiber, I would say, fiber, protein, big, big focus, right? I drink water, that's, I'm going way off three here, <laughs> I would say sleep as well, too. Sleep, you know, I I aim for eight hours. And that's a big, very problematic for people in my age group sometimes. But that's another topic for another... (laughs) That's a whole other topic, sleep, but...
0: Sleep, yeah. So where can people find you and what services do you offer?
1: They can find me, um... I'm everywhere. No, I'm on Instagram little bit on Facebook, not as much. Uh, I've, I've I've sort of waded into the TikTok world. Uh, I have a website, my mailing list. Yeah. I'll link it all
0: in the show notes. And then you do your group coaching and one-on-one, right?
1: Yes. The group is, yes, that is listed. It's called tag teams is the name of my group coaching. So take action and grow is what it stands for several classes a week and then yeah it's private coaching a little bit too i've gotten away from that but i still do some awesome well this has
0: been so much fun talking about strength with you and i'm so glad that you were able to connect with me and have this conversation
1: yeah it was awesome i love talking about this stuff and thank you for having me awesome i hope some of what we said here
0: today provided value in some way if you enjoyed what you heard please share it with a friend leave a rating or review and as always thank you so much for listening talk to you next time ciao